0: When's the winter coming 2024? Winter's coming in April this year, Taylor. I mean, my body's ready.
1: Always ready for that chilly open, aren't you? Welcome to the (laughs) ACC Basketball Degenerates Podcast, taped on a Monday. Only three of us in the house. Vegas Mike Jaffe is... In an undisclosed location. I don't know. Taylor, where's your brother-in-law or your friend? You call him your friend. Where is he?
0: I don't know where he is. Sometimes
1: That's not true. You don't have to cover for him. Stop Stop it. I see right through you. You're really bad at this deceit thing. That's why you're a good friend of all of ours. Well, gentlemen, uh, we are approaching the most uh, important or most anticipated week of the league thus far because we will get some top 10 matchups, two of them. And we're going to break it all down and also review a weekend it was a little bit of a surprise to me. It took my breath away how some of the massive underdogs blew out. I mean, double-digit underdogs blowing out their competition. So we're going to talk about Louisville, North Carolina. Biggest loss for the Heels since o2 at the Smith Center pretty much ever since it was erected. And also the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets taking it to the orange and that crowd at the carrier dome duke and syracuse are playing right now as we speak it's at the 8:30 mark and this has been a wildly entertaining game it's 76 72 have a lot of thoughts on this as well so we're going to get right into it well first of all gentlemen welcome we got guthrie on the line we got taylor on the line
0: so happy to be here so happy to welcome guthrie back from hawaii oh yeah I,
2: oh I thank you, know. you thank you it's it's great to be back uh, the weather could be warmer, but uh, I'll I'll take it. It's fine. Do
1: you have any takeaways will, from Hawaii?
2: Oh, I mean, it's only the most beautiful place on earth Really? I've been. All right. Yeah. Uh, it's, I will just it's say something that else. So Guthrie it's... texted me. Like, as
0: soon as he got back, I was texting with him the day after, and he was just like, man, I'm moving to Hawaii. I don't care what it takes. I don't have to sacrifice <laughs> my career. I have to sacrifice, you know, my relationship. I'm moving to Hawaii. It sounds like a bit, but this is legit straight what Guthrie
1: said to me. He'd be a fantastic surfer. Back here in the Minus cold. The back here yeah, in the you cold. Have
0: to, you have to put suntan lotion on top, too. Oh, oh, definitely. oh, Just all
1: over. Definitely. All over. We talked about this last podcast, how he did not come back a lobster, so I'm very proud of his sunscreening abilities. Sunscreen the screener, that could be a new podcast, right? Ba-doom-tsh. Let's talk about what's happening here. It's cold. It's, it's just miserable outside. The only thing keeping me alive right now is college basketball. So the games we witnessed on Saturday, I, I was watching... I mean, that's my Saturday routine now. And there's pretty much nothing in the world that's going to disrupt it, that's going to overwrite me getting up at noon and watching all the way through the game day experience, which is going to come this Saturday for the first time in Durham when Duke plays host to Virginia. So let's talk a little bit about, we'll just go straight for the noon games. Carolina, Louisville. Louisville jumps out to the early lead. Guthrie and I are looking back at each other consistently throughout the game thinking who would be a good live play. Like who's going to win the game? Where's the value? And we couldn't figure it out until the final five minutes of play. And then we both came to the conclusion or it started. I'm like, Louisville's winning this game. I know it sounds crazy, but they're winning this game.
2: Uh, you could have told me You could have told me that before I put my money line bet on Carolina with, like, I don't know, seven, seven minutes to go, whatever it was. Well, Louisville, Like, oh, wow, Carolina is, like, minus, minus 120 to win the game? Yeah. That's great
1: value. And then they turned into, like, plus 200 soon enough. But Louisville went with the recipe, and I think two teams have figured it out for sure. Michigan just beat the brakes off of them in a Michigan way. But... Kentucky, I keep going back to that Kentucky game like a broken record, but I think it's significant because they shot the three ball well, and they got back in transition defense, and they made Carolina pay when Carolina did not get back on defense. Louisville did the exact same thing. Threes and layups. It was the Daryl Morey approach, and it worked like a charm, and they had the athleticism to do it, and their shooting was I, on.
0: Yeah, I, and I also think that uh, one of the, even when Louisville couldn't push the ball out in transition, their half-court offense... Um, was really working well in in that they North Carolina was switching on like all these screens, all these little handoff actions around the three point line, and Louisville was really taking advantage of it. Uh, Wara shot like five for eight from three, and he was just shooting over guys who would sw- you get guards switched onto him. He just shoot over him, uh, and Louisville really took advantage of that. And, they shot forty two percent from
1: three, which is good. Carolina shot thirteen yeah. percent from three. It's a little bit of a problem. Yeah. A little bit of a problem going three of twenty two.
0: Yeah, they out- they out rebounded Carolina, um, and then and of course when you're scoring, you know it really limits your ability to for Carolina to get out in transition. Even though they you know love to push the ball even off a made shot, I also think that Mike, Mike will probably listen to this and be livid when he hears it. But Kobe White really just like disappointed me in this game. I think he he's turning the ball over way too much. He's he's not really like a facilitator. Like a pass-first guy, he's a scorer, and when you shut that off, it really limits. Well, he the didn't Carolina take that
1: many offense. shots, you know that. It was Luke May yeah. who was, had the absolute breakfast game we've been waiting for all season. It finally came around the Luke May game. So we got that the stinker. It happens once a year. It happened last year. I was there in person for it, but it happened uh, to the Smith Center crowd, which I'm I'm still in shock by because I I sound like a broken record on this podcast talking about how I, how I think. Carolina has one of the best home courts in the country, and I just can't believe it happened in that venue. I just don't think there's any way to predict this team, especially when they're riding high. When you're ready to push your chips in on them, they disappoint you. That's what happened to with the Kentucky game. I thought they were going to easily take that one because they were playing well. They had the Gonzaga win under their belt, and then most recently, they had their two most impressive wins arguably of the season in back-to-back fashion. They got NC State on the road, and they also just annihilated Pitt, who's showing itself to be a, a competent team. I mean, they beat Louisville, and they've got Florida State up by six with under nine to go as we speak. Well,
0: I, I mean, both these teams are coming into the game. You would think the outcome would go the exact opposite way, right? Louisville had just lost to Pitt, and UNC was coming off a pretty impressive win uh, at NC State where they controlled the game on the road pretty much the entire time. Even when NC State you know, started scoring, they just controlled that game. And uh, I don't know. It's either a gambler's paradise or a gambler's like I don't know. What's the opposite of hell? That's the opposite of paradise. Because good
1: job, good job. I'm glad you figured thank that you. out. <laughs> I, I, I think the one. whole
0: like media narrative on Carolina now is they are you know they're wild swings, super inconsistent, and it just I, I love the idea, Luke. You're talking about a nit, like the formula, the recipe for stopping them. You just got to figure out which teams are going to be able to execute on that.
1: Well, I have some candidates. If you'd like to know their names,
0: yeah, give it to me because <laughs> Virginia the Tech. Needs
1: to. Virginia Tech, I think it absolutely get them. I think that game is in Chapel Hill, though. So I love VT there, especially it if is. they're especially with double January digit. twenty first. I actually like that more than being double digit dogs. I mean, I know Virginia Tech is. We're, we're going to learn a lot about that team tomorrow, or we're going to learn a little bit about that team tomorrow, but. So i like Virginia Tech as a matchup against Carolina because they can get up and down the floor if they want to, and they can also shoot the three ball. So there you go. That's what Louisville did. That's what Kentucky did, and it worked.
0: But coming off this game, do you feel more disappointed with UNC or more impressed with Louisville's play?
1: I don't know. I think Louisville – I mean, I projected them like 7th or 8th in the league, I think, somewhere middle of the pack, even though they were projected 11th by the media. I thought it was way too low for Chris Mack. And I've been really impressed by. I didn't see the war thing coming. I like Sutton. I'm just, I'm just a fan. I think um, Cunningham could play a little bit better, but I mean, he Sutton was had a
0: great game. Sutton had a fantastic game.
1: Cunningham. Uh,
0: Sutton, I thought. Oh great yeah, Sutton. I love Sutton. He's
1: he's he might yeah. be my favorite player on the team. I'm not saying he's I, the best player. I just my favorite player. I like watching him play.
0: I think Mac has done a really good job of like taking all these transfer guys and guys that are kind of just pieces and putting them together really well um, I, I've been surprised by that I didn't ex- I didn't see that coming I there. mean
1: I mean Cuttingham, his when I say I'd like to see more from him I don't mean that he more quality I'd like to see more usage I mean, I mean he's like in the 50 40, 70 club right I'm looking at a statue yeah he is I'm checking it right now that's good. I mean, it's 50-40-70. 50-40-6-70, if you want to be exact. But if
0: if you look at their like efficiency numbers on a player basis, uh, Sutton is considered their most efficient offensive player, and then uh, McMahon and Cunningham are both neck and neck tied, basically for the very closely uh, for second place, and then Enoch is considered a third most efficient player.
1: Sutton passes the test of when the ball's in his hands. I feel comfortable. I feel like something good's going to happen. There's going to be a positive play. That's a big test, especially in college basketball. I can tell you some players who do not pass that test if we want to go around the league a little bit later (laughs) on. I have some candidates for that.
0: Do you still buy North Carolina as the third best team in the ACC right now?
1: I mean, can I wait till tomorrow? Can I wait till the Virginia Tech-Virginia game?
0: Oh, I I mean, give me an answer now, and then you can revise your answer later.
2: (sighs) I'll take the Hokies. Okies are the are at least the third best team in the league, I think. Okies have really impressed me so far this year.
1: Really? When? Yeah. When? Absolutely. When? Not why, when?
2: Uh, I mean, the BC game, they look good.
1: they trailing halftime.
2: a pretty decent, I would say, decent Washington team on a neutral court. A, they a don't have the most impressive win wins. Them. I think they are, you know, saying that they're top ten in the nation, given their resume, is... Bit of a head scratcher, but they almost I dogged think they it have to the Georgia Tech. They think,
1: really did almost dog that game. Say what you want about Georgia Tech, maybe they're a middle of the pack team as well, or at least is a lower middle, right? Can we go there? I mean, they're, they're picking
2: up, they're picking up some some tough wins so far. I mean, who saw them winning by double digits at the Carrier Dome? Like what a great, gracious. Way. I mean, what Syracuse is now ahead.
1: Way. They're ahead by a point on Duke with under three to go. This Syracuse team makes no sense. Even less sense than Carolina. I have no idea what to think about that team. They might be better on the road than they are at home. Is there a case for that? I think there is. They have the Ohio State win in Columbus, right? Yeah, yeah. And they have the Buffalo loss. What other losses do they have? They got some bad ones. I know they do.
2: That's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah, UConn and Oregon.
1: Yeah, yeah. There you go.
0: I saw somebody refer to the Buffalo loss as a bad loss and well, they obviously have not been okay, following, I know. It's a great team.
1: I was just I was just racking up home losses. Yeah. I wasn't saying Buffalo was a bad loss. Settle right. down. Okay. Well, Calm down. Is, it's this all is right.
0: Good good segue. Tell me how do you guys feel about Georgia Tech coming into the carry dome, playing at Syracuse and winning by fourteen points.
1: I watched that entire game because I was tracking like the under for some reason. It was a rock fight for the first 17 minutes, I think it was like 17 to 18. And then the teams went ballistic scoring. I mean, Georgia Tech hit more threes than I think I've ever seen them hit in a game not involving Stefan Marbury or Jared Jack, okay? That's saying a lot. That's high praise. Or Sean Fine. I forgot about him. How about that reference, GT fans? Yeah, at me. But anyway, I'm looking up the numbers right now. But they were 50% from three. What a percentage. I mean, they didn't shoot a lot. They were 6 or 12, but 50%, like, come on. This is Georgia Tech we're talking about. I mean, I think
0: despite what I may have said in the past, I mean, you can't all, – all these teams that we're talking about, everyone in the ACC is talented. They're going to have some nights where you hit everything or something. Or you hit 50% from three or something. What I would be most concerned about if I were a, a Syracuse diehard here was that resorted way too much to what, like, has become their – calling card in the past couple of years when they're terrible, which is just pass it around the three-point line, don't really work the ball inside, don't get any penetration, and just jack up super long threes. Sometimes that
1: works. It's working right now against Duke.
0: Yeah. Well, the ghost of Jimmer for has to, like, bless you or something like that. or the Because sometimes they just are like, you know, Frank Howard standing 12 feet behind the three-point line with nobody on him just jacking up a three halfway through the shot clock. That's not really gonna. That's not gonna win you games if you're a Syracuse fan, and right. that's a tough thing. That's as hard for me to describe as it is for me to watch.
1: Um, I got news for and, you. I, mean, I the ghost of Jimmer that, is in the building. He's he's in Cameron. I, I oh, saw him in the what? crowd. Jimmy Chitwood might be in there too. His ghost. So they got a double well, they, dose today.
0: In that Georgia Tech game, they took thirty-three three-point shots and they only made seven of them. And
1: so, yeah, I, I know this happens. This is Syracuse basketball. It's just.
0: I mean, I mean that's when I, you thought they would write the ship, right? let not no, like okay. a
1: lot of people can score in Georgia Tech, though. Let's not yeah. act like it's easy, okay?
0: Hey, I admit, that's right. I mean, Passner has done a really good job. They're still 11th in the nation uh, in Kinpom on defensive efficiency, even as they've, you know, passed the 200 mark in offense. They're woeful there.
1: It's really good. I watched the second half of Virginia Tech and Georgia Tech. I was just waiting for Virginia Tech to pull away, and Georgia Tech kept lingering. And eventually, I think they might have had the. Did they get the lead at the at the tail end of that game? Where they they had multiple possessions. I feel like three opportunities to go in front. And for some reason, Alvarado didn't want the ball. That was my only problem with that game. And I don't know who you go to besides from him if you're trying to win a game. And they were very disjointed possessions. Turnovers. They were not getting up shots at all. I mean, they got up a couple shots, but they were they were they were just poor in the final couple minutes against Virginia Tech. Cause that game was there for them; the game was there, and for some reason, they could not get to the stripe. And they've been pretty decent. I don't have I don't have the KP numbers in front of me, but pretty decent at getting to the line this year, I think, just by the eye mm-hmm. test.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's, that's the strength of their offense. That's where they get a, a high percentage of their points.
1: Chuck we just mean, made a basket. The Syracuse is back up by oh, well, yeah. one. By the way.
0: Okay, I like doing this. I I like
1: doing a little play-by-play. It makes me feel like I'm doing my job, you know, sports anchoring. (laughs) And if
2: you're day job, God, I'm. I think I'm like a minute behind, and Bolden just missed a, a
1: putback. Well, you're not going to believe what happens next. (laughs) (laughs) All right, uh, back on target, guys. Let's uh, tell me. Tell
0: me this before we before we know the result of this Syracuse Duke game. Right now, do you think Syracuse is going to make the uh, tournament,
1: yeah, of course,
2: they already I mean, do, right? Yeah, like this is I'm this is vintage. This is vintage. Jimmy Bayheim, Syracuse basketball. All they needed was
1: to play what? Duke close. That's all really they needed. They don't. They can lose the rest of the games, and they'll still get everything. Committee.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I completely agree. Oh,
1: Chuck will. Oh, oh, Chuck will. Oh, wow. Two of my favorite players going head to head. Chaku and Bolden. We need to talk about Bolden's hair, also uh, a little bit later on, in the, and and uh, also his striking resemblance to the hair of KeA Clark. We could talk about it. We could do a whole hair segment, but maybe we should wait for Mike for that. Hey, let's go, let's change teams, guys. We got we got to mix it up. Taylor, where do you want to go next?
0: Let's uh, let's preview the game before the game on the on the nineteenth. We got Duke, Virginia. Let's let's forget about that for a second. Let's talk about Virginia Tech, Virginia. Big game, huge game. You know, first time, maybe this, the strongest this rivalry has ever been in basketball, I'll say, with the
1: two teams. I would agree.
0: Um, and so, coming into JPJ tomorrow night, you got the Hokies riding high off that three point win.
1: Riding high? Uh, meanwhile, the, what t-
0: yeah. Riding high? Sarcasm. Sarcasm.
1: Okay, good.
0: Me- meanwhile, the, the Cavs pretty much, uh, you know, just clamped down and. Took care of business at Clemson. Yeah, I people are so I, mad I at me,
1: and and you guys, I, I don't know if you guys are mad at me as well. I, and you know what? Everyone's calling me a homer about this Virginia team, but I, I just think they're the best team. I really do. Deep down, I do. No, I, they I destroy kind of everyone. They're destroying people on the road also, and they're not even playing well. I know when this team is clicking, and they haven't been clicking on the last two games on both ends of the floor. And they really didn't click in the Florida State game on both ends of the floor, and they still found a, a way to be up 29. It's just ludicrous. I don't even know how it's happening. Happening. I mean, I do know how it's happening, but I don't at the same time. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, well, even in the Clemson game, I mean, they Clemson was getting some looks, and they didn't really take advantage of them. And UVA was not – the defense was not like the kind of – it wasn't at its best, and still they somehow managed to win by 20. Yeah. I think, I think that the defense – is the, I'm already looking ahead to the Duke game, but the, the defense that they have is the recipe, in my mind, to take care of Duke. You know, limit, limit uh, penetration into the paint, force people out, play great help defense, make, you know, make Zion take those shoulder heave threes or something like that, you know, get up on the other guys. I, and uh, in a weird way, the Virginia Tech game, I think it's going to be a bigger hurdle for UVA, even though it's at home. I completely
1: disagree with that notion. I mean, this I, is Duke I, and Cameron. Wow. I cannot believe what's yeah, happening hey, in this game.
0: Well,
1: Gethrie, you, you get there. there, through a catchup up. hot takes. That's why you pay me the
0: medium bucks. You pay me the medium bucks to have me on this podcast for that kind of insight.
1: Okay. I mean, um, that's not the first time I've heard that, by the way. Oh, I've really? heard that from a couple people in my life or in my circle well, I, or in my professional I, circle. And I completely disagree for a couple of reasons. But we'll get to those later. Let's talk about, you know, it's going to be interesting for Virginia because they're going to go go extended pack, I assume, against Virginia Tech, and then they'll go contracted pack against Duke. So I, I am interested to see if the personnel changes at all for that or if it uh, remains fairly consistent. Anyway.
0: do you How do you expect them, uh, you know, limiting the incredible shooting
1: of Virginia Tech? Because they're the best perimeter defensive team in the country. If you look at the pure numbers for three-point percentage, look it up. So, what do you so think how are they the going to stop it? Thing? Well, they're going to they're going to do what they always do, they're going to close out. You feel me? Yeah.
2: But what's the personnel differences you think here? Yeah. You're so key? we're going to. I feel like we're going to see Kihei Clark, right? Uh, oh yeah, and you Robinson don't Moore, say it, Luke. We're going to see a lot of Kihei Clark.
1: I'm fine with Kihei Clark, but I just I feel like he's almost a scratch in the offensive end, unless Jay Huffson and then those two are meant to be together. No, really, they are. Every time he gets the ball, it's like when he touches the paint, he's looking for Huff for a lob. But those are like that's going to happen seven minutes a game max, max. Yeah, so he's going to have.
2: I totally, I also think it's, it's highly unlikely we're going to see Huff uh, pretty probably at all in this in this Virginia Tech probably game. Not.
1: No, I don't think so. Well, I don't know. I, I take that back. Here's the here's the thing. I think I figured out what Jay Huff's role is, and I totally got through this on the couch the other day. It might be Jay Huff is the Drought ender, because Virginia still goes on droughts despite all the offensive hoopla and their number six in the country and adjusted offense. They went on a big drought of the Florida State game. It was six minutes without a field goal. I tracked it because I had my you know stat broadcast up. They went on multiple droughts in the Clemson game as well. One in the first half, one in the second half. There's no denying they still exist. But when they put Jay Huff in, he ended the drought. Yeah, gave up a couple baskets. I don't think they were all his fault. Everyone sh- loves to play pin the tail on Jay. When anybody scores at the rim, even though there were Virginia players missing box outs um, on a couple of those baskets, but I think that's his role, and it completely opens up the offense. He's the drought ender. He doesn't have to stay in long. He just goes in, and then they find the rhythm, and the rest is history. That's my that's my theory. I could be wrong.
0: I don't think he plays enough to, to be considered the drought ender.
1: Well, I mean, and how I, I, many droughts are you going to have a game?
0: Sure. Do you, how many do you see him getting extended playing time? You know, down the stretch in the season, in games like Duke and Virginia Tech, and maybe North Carolina.
1: It all depends on matchups. I mean, that's a cop out answer, but that's a Tony answer. So I'm going to leave it at that. I don't see his minutes significantly going up, though. If I'm going to be honest with myself, and I drive the bandwagon by, by the way. Again, okay, we, where, where we, we? we went on a little bit of a tangent there. Let's get back to uh, extended pack and guarding VT um, and Khe Clark. I, I'm not like completely hating on Kihei Clark. I just don't think he can do anything with that splint on. I mean, he can't even move. Like it, It's like he's got a stiff wrist. It's hard to play basketball with that, in my opinion. I don't know. I've never done it, but... You yeah, I mean, guard, I mean... But...
0: Do you, it makes me... I, I think Virginia might have some trouble, at least initially, dealing with... When Virginia takes out their best, you know, they run kind of like... A lot of motion and a lot of, uh, you know, dribble drop, like a lot of uh, handoffs and kind of those screens, even two screens for the ball handler in the possession. And do you do you think that UVA's guards will have trouble no, dealing with well, that? I mean, where, they're where switching
1: more this material. year than they have in any other year, so I think they're going to be fine. And yeah, hold on, let me watch this. Nope. All right. No spoilers. Anyway. Nope. That's all I'll <laughs> say. What if I do this, Guthrie? What does that make you think? I love playing mind games, Guthrie. You focus on the final couple possessions of this game. Taylor and I will get back to arguing about something. Uh, Virginia Tech, we shall see. They're going to have to hit three-point shots. Interesting. Let's talk about VT's defense for a little bit. Last year in the Virginia game, you know what they did? They contracted their defense. They dared Virginia. They gambled. They rolled the dice. They clogged the lane and said... You guys hit threes and either take us out and obliterate us, or we're going to hang in there and keep it close. And they did keep it close, and they won in overtime. It was amazing. It was a great gamble, great roll of the dice. Now, I think Virginia will be ready for that. They took 37 threes last time they played in Charlottesville. That game last year, which was 61-60. 37 threes. Incredible. That's wild. Incredible. And they hit, like, what, 11 maybe?
2: Yep, that's right. Kyle Guy took 14 threes.
1: Made like one, right? Woof. So I don't think that's going to happen again. 37 threes or shooting that poor percentage. But that's i mean—that's just me.
0: I mean, I think one thing you said in last podcast, or the podcast before, which I thought was a really good point, is that Virginia Tech, in a lot of respects, I mean, Buzz, to his credit, has completely, like, Revamped, change the entire way they play.
1: I know they don't get to um, the line anymore. They're not the James yet. Hardens anymore. That's what I used and to call them, the Hardens. We're playing the Hardens tonight.
0: And their defense really has improved a lot since last year. I mean, they're they're, they're forcing turnovers at the ninth highest rate in the nation right now. Um, they don't foul, and because of that, those are two main strengths. The uh, you know the turnovers, they're they're limiting shots inside the paint also, but mainly the turnovers and not letting people get to the line, they're, they've are become much more efficient at defense than they ever have. Do you think they extend out and try and keep that kind of like, you know, their their defense is almost borderline frantic at sometimes, you know, rushing guys, closeouts, everything like that. Do you think they're going to keep that the same against CBA?
1: I don't know. That's the big question. Do they go with what they did last year at JBJ, or do they go with their 2018-19 style? That's what I've been thinking about all day long. I don't know. I really don't. Regardless, the most important players in this game are Nikhil, Walker-Alexander. Alexander-Walker. Walker-Alexander. Alexander-Walker. Alexander.
0: Walker. Alexander. Oh, gosh.
1: A- I'm A-Dub. Gonna, I'm going to do that all year long. I'm sorry, guys. Nikhil. Okay. I just call him Nikhil now. and I don't mess up on air when I do that. He's one of the, He's might be the most important player in the game, especially from a Virginia Tech standpoint. And I think he's got to get at least 20. I really do. Somewhere in that vicinity. Now, Virginia, I don't even know if they have an an important player, like a most important player. It changes every single day, changes every game. Like Ty and DeAndre were like they were bad offensively in the first half against Clemson. They were just bad, and they've had games like that. Kyle Guy has not been bad in conference play yet, so maybe it's him. I don't know.
0: I, I could see Virginia Tech trying to emphasize getting the ball to Blackshear a little bit and maybe getting him some of those, like, spreading the floor, getting all their shooters outside, and, and getting Blackshear some ISO touches. Uh, I don't like that matchup
1: for them. him either. I, I don't like him matching up with Diakita and Salt. I feel like there are a lot yeah, of better matchups out there yeah, for I was
2: Blackshear. I if, if Virginia Tech's game plan is, you know, working through Blackshear, I think it's going to be a real long night for them. At, at Virginia, I, I don't think that's the strength of their their offensive sets. They like a lot of motion and getting to the basket from the wing. Blackshear Blackshear can get buckets. I think if if Salt gets like in foul trouble, maybe that can work. I don't know if I don't know if Mabidi can really guard him as well. Um, last couple games, I'll say can, I've been imp- I've been impressed.
0: Sorry, go ahead. To like, I've been impressed last couple games by Salt's ability to hedge and, uh, you know, move with the motion of the offense. He's done a really good job, underappreciated, I feel like, on defense. Um, he, it, Salt and Braxton Key have been the two standouts for me in the last couple games in terms of, you know, just – I feel like Key has made leaps and bounds ahead of what he was at the beginning of the season as far as, like, fitting into the, the team.
1: Um, well, you know what? You know what the big difference with him is, is he's playing as a blocker now. You know that, don't you?
0: Yeah, I also think he's getting into shape, too. He was out of shape at the beginning of the season. I think oh, he looks much this.
1: better no, now. Get out of here. No, he's playing as a yeah. blocker. That's the difference. You know that. Okay. I mean, he was That's... as a mover, and now he's playing as a blocker. DeAndre's back to playing as a mover where he's better. Okay? Everybody loves the, the concept of Hunter playing at the four, but he, he's a better mover than he is a blocker. He doesn't get the ball when he's a blocker. You don't, generally, when you're a blocker. Unless you're Jay rolling to the rim, but we've already gone so, over that. That's enough Virginia. So we... Virginia Tech. Who do we like? Let's make
0: a pick here. We project this game as Virginia Nine? Tech getting plus eight.
1: Eight? I'll take Virginia yeah. all day.
0: Okay, Guthrie.
2: Oh, Hokies! This yeah. game is going to be close. I, I I see this coming down to the wire for sure.
0: I I think Tech keeps it close. Give me the Hokies plus eight.
1: Okay. What do you think Mike would do? What would the spirit of Mike Jaffe do? Because, you know, the spirit of Jeremy Ferdinand is with the Syracuse Orange right now in a strong (laughs) fashion, in a strong manner. So what would the spirit of Mike Jaffe say to us? Uh, The ghost, I don't know.
0: He would take whichever team he thinks would make us most upset. (laughs) (laughs) Specifically, Luke, whichever makes you most upset, that's the team that he would pick. So probably tech, I guess. I don't know.
1: He would say Virginia Tech money line, right? That wouldn't make me upset. I mean I, I see that world. That world <laughs> yeah, could certainly right. exist. Who else? Take the underdog
0: money line, that's what he would say. He would actually what he would say, you'd ask him, uh, so what do you think about the Virginia Tech UVA line? And he would say, Let me tell you something. What you gotta do is you gotta take Elon money line tomorrow night.
2: There you go.
1: Okay, guys, we gotta change topics. You know what it's time for? It's time. It's time for Vindicated Luke. He's back on. He's back on air. It's been a while. We haven't seen him in a little while because I haven't been extremely right about anything this year. I really haven't. I've been in like 50-50, but I've come up with my angle on Florida State. I tweeted it out to the world in a tweet involving Duke on Saturday right after the camera had a shot. And I said something to the effect of "Almighty Duke escapes an average Florida State team," and then every I think everybody on in the internet that just came after me. And I meant average ACC team, Florida State, and I think they are an average ACC team. You cannot convince me they're in the upper echelon, especially after taking it on the chin from Pitt tonight. Okay, they're one and three. They get demolished by Virginia. They looked awful against Miami at home. It was like a one-possession game with like a couple minutes left. And then they did play well against Duke, but. I mean, am I wrong here, guys? Am I crazy? I feel vindicated though after this pit result.
0: With Zion out in the second
1: half. I mean, Zion's in this game against Syracuse, and they're going to lose this one. Well, I mean, so I mean, what's your point? I disagree with you. Maybe their Florida State is an average ACC <laughs>
0: go team. I definitely think that they're in the, you know, they're in the upper third of the league. Um, Wait a minute.
1: Okay. So, I can name five teams better than Florida State right now. It's not hard. It's easy. Okay. Do you want me to do it for you? Yeah, do it for me. Duke? Well, not in this order. Virginia, Duke, North Carolina, Virginia Tech, Louisville, maybe, maybe, oh, NC State, that's six. NC
2: State, for sure.
1: Maybe Georgia Tech? Am I crazy? You're crazy. Uh, I think, no I think you're crazy. There's no way. There's no way. <laughs> I mean, I think, they already have a lead on them.
0: I think Florida State's going to beat Virginia Tech when they play also. Great. I think that's, you think they're going to finish above them in the standings?
1: Are they going to finish hey, above them in the standings?
0: I don't know. It's tough. It's I named six teams. That's
1: then. not a third, Taylor, of the league. <laughs> Do you know how many teams are in the ACC?
0: Well, roughly the third. I still think they're uh, – yeah, I, I'll say they finish in the top third. Okay, I'll say well, they finish in the top five of the ACC. So who are Even you bumping?
1: Which of the teams? Terrible start. I named six teams. Who are you bumping? you got to bump two of I, them.
0: Did you name Louisville? I'll bump Louisville. It's okay, fine. I'll,
1: bump NC State. Go ahead and do it. That's your yeah, team. Yeah,
0: as much as it hurts me, I, I've been...
1: Well, they're one in three.
0: Yeah, they're, it's a tough start. They're one in what's, three. What's been the biggest problem for them, you think, in the last couple of games?
1: I don't know. They shot 9% from three-point land tonight. <laughs> That's probably a problem. I think that's a big problem for this team. They can't shoot, and they turn the ball over. So that's a good place to start in the modern era of basketball, especially since they're made up of all wings, right, and Kamaji, and I guess Cab and Galley. I just learned it was Cab and Galley also. Somebody corrected me on that the other day. That's the industry I work in. So you got to say it like you have a, a, I don't know, a a Northeastern accent. Cab and Galley. That's exactly right. It's the correct way to do it? Come on, guys. You got anything to say? What what do do you have to say? Come
0: on. I'm rooting for Florida State. I would just like to see the shot selection become a little bit better Um, and, of course, limiting turnovers. Uh, I mean, if you look at their stats, the most glaring thing is that they're turning the ball over just at a a rate that doesn't correspond to what you would expect. But I I think they settle too much for the kind of shots that, you know, the kind of like – contested threes or inefficient twos that don't really don't really get them much. And I'd like to see him drive to the basket a little bit more, draw fouls at a little higher clip. Um, And I I think that'll open things up for them.
1: They're at BC on the 20th. How do you feel about that?
0: I mean, I think this is the time to write the ship. I I still would pick them. I think they're going to take BC. Uh, I'll ride on the, the Florida state bandwagon for a little bit longer.
1: They do have a pretty nice schedule. They've avoided uh, the top four teams. They, they don't play any of the top four teams twice. That's nice. Yeah, they, they,
0: have, they have a I nice mean, if schedule. If you're looking at, if you're looking at the stretch like through the end of February, from now, they really they only play North Carolina. They might have the best and, schedule in the league. Yeah, I,
1: I don't I mean, care. You, I'm going to stand by it. Whatever, if they get in the top five, that's a scheduled top five. Put I in.
2: don't think there's any chance the uh, the Seminoles make it into the top five this okay, year. Okay, thank you,
1: Guthrie. I'm glad you were with I me. mean,
2: I, I'm i completely in agreement with, with Luke on this one. Their offense has looked incredibly shaky. Shooting has been atrocious. Offensive sets have always been, uh, I would not say, Leonard Hamilton's strength. Um, and this season in particular, it's gotten even more chaotic you have multiple people trying to play the point guard position but not really being able to like they don't they don't really have a point guard they have no one that wants to fill that role of of running the the offense you have a bunch of guys that kind of have to get thrown into the the position of bringing the ball up and you know everyone wants to be off the ball no one wants to be the QB you know i i just don't like there's there's not enough uh, consistency from from the shooting and yeah you know it, it's not it's not going to work it's not going to work down the stretch I think there's no way they finished in the top half honestly even despite the the soft schedule
1: there's been so many disappointing teams in the league I, I just don't think the league is that strong this year Clemson's been a huge disappointment Miami's disappointing I mean I know they have the excuse. Notre Dame, a little bit disappointing, even though we didn't think they were going to be great this year, except for maybe Jaffe. And Wake Forest might be on pace for a, a, They might pull a Stallings. What are the chances Wake Forest pulls a Stallings this year?
0: Oh, my God. I mean, I can't even talk
1: about it. Also, it's it's happened. Let's, Almighty let's, Duke has fallen. Chuck Wu did it. Uh, Chuck Wu did it. Oh, my it. God. Sorry, Guthrie, I had to spoil it. it just, oh, that's I mean, no, okay. It's okay. I don't know what to say, guys. I'm. I think we should end the podcast now and mourn. What do you think?
0: I, I'm shocked that Syracuse could score this many points, considering. And the you game, know,
1: they, they, they did get to overtime, but still, I'm with you. Yeah.
0: Still, they they struggled to hit 50 last game, and now they're you know it's just ah uh, crazy to me.
1: Did Zion play the whole game? Of course, he did. Duke has some other issues. More like they can't shoot either. Should we talk about yeah. Duke issues? What
0: well, a great no, it, segue. Yeah that is the recipe with Duke is make them shoot over you, make them take tough shots. Don't let them, you know, don't let them get out in transition. Cause really, I know I've said this before, we're, we're all, you know, saying the same things, but like Duke, the real strength of Duke, which kind of people don't realize is that they're, they're based on defense and transition play, which is weird for a Duke team, but that's really, they need that to like jumpstart everything that happens to them. And their, they're, uh, you know, their team has been fantastic, don't get me wrong, but this is not like the kind of like... It's old... going to take a little
1: bit of a... It's going to take a hit after this result.
2: Yeah, for yeah, sure. Definitely. They're going yeah, to yeah, sink I mean, is, a few spots. Not a, I would not say this is a good shooting Duke team. Uh, oh, I think it's they, one of the
1: worst we've ever seen in yeah, our lifetimes. Yeah. It's
2: it's really like, aside from, from Barrett and Reddish, when he gets a, an open shot, they... I guess Jack White maybe. Like they have no I shooters mean, on the floor. And really it's I feel like it's this weird situation where you know the three top freshmen of 2018-19 all feel like they have the green light at any time and it's like their team and they can just like are incapable of consistently hitting open shots. You know? I think it's a I mean, problem. I think it's- it's knowing yeah. when when to pick your spots, right? I mean, uh,
0: yeah, Barrett has yeah. a problem. Like, it, it seems like you know, sixty percent of their plays are ISO for Barrett, which is probably the it's probably not the recipe. It could be, you know, he was projected as like the best player, so it, it could be that that turns out and ends up winning him a national championship. But I, I think they've got to work something more into the mix.
1: I'm with you yes. I think that's a good so assessment.
0: Duke, Duke loses ninety five ninety one to Syracuse. Let's move on. Let's pick. We've already picked UVA, Virginia Tech. Before we finish up here, let's pick a couple of the other games coming up tomorrow night on that same night.
1: Let's do it. Uh, we've hit everything. We've hit every team we needed to.
0: Yeah. We're, we will I, don't, be I don't want to talk about again, NC State. We'll, we'll talk about really NC State another
1: league. week. Nothing happened with them, though.
0: Yeah, I could talk about NC State for hours and hours. We'll, we'll save that. And we'll, we'll save, save some more
1: Poetry for next week.
0: We'll save that for my we'll solo spin-off podcast.
1: Also, coming up, Next week, the return of the segment, Mike's Mid-Major Minute, and also our other new segment, Luke on Commentators. Two brand new episodes next time we tape, so stay tuned for that. Yeah. We're going to punt those next re- week.
0: Good listener response to those segments. Good listener good. response. Good. I'm glad to hear that. All right. Let's 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 talk about some of these games on Tuesday.
1: All right. Good. I'm going to uh, get on Twitter and troll some people who came at me hard for San Florida State was middle of the pack. Okay. All right. You go ahead, though.
0: Notre Dame at UNC. Uh, you're looking at a 14 point line.
1: UNC are your 14
2: point favorites. Oh, God. I
1: don't know, man. What do you do with that game?
2: Oh, I already have my pick.
1: Really? Go ahead.
2: Hammer the Tar Heels. Absolutely. Don't question it, Luke. Don't question it. In the ding dong, coming off of an embarrassing loss, you think Roy Williams is going to make this game? Is is going to is going to keep
1: the, what do you think he's gonna the do Notre, Notre Dame Irish in this? What is he going to do in practice? What do you think he's going to do in practice this week? How much do you think they're running? Are they, are they running? Are they getting embarrassed? <laughs> I'm sure. Is he making I'm sure them sure wear running plaid? That was an embarrassing loss. Is he making them wear plaid? I don't know.
0: I, I like that worst, angle, Guthrie. I'm with the you. The worst there. of Roy Williams' career, correct? At home.
1: Yeah, I think so. I also just don't like Notre Dame just to be honest so and I don't like Notre Dame on the road even more so I there will you have take
0: it. Notre Dame with 14 points I think that the the Mike brace system still works they just can't close they can't they can't shoot they can't score but uh, you only need to score a little bit I'm gonna take them with 14 points and just you know hold my breath and cross my fingers and close my eyes it's a
1: really good prediction right there very yeah, logical. Yeah,
0: you like that. Very, very, very confident on my part. Very
1: logical. I like it. They can't shoot. They can't <laughs> score. They can't do much well, but I'll take him. I'll Sounds take like him. a Vegas Mike right. kind of a angle. Okay, what,
2: oh, a, Vegas what, Mike what else we have? Notre Dame, oh, you know what? No he doubt. He, he's, the he's joined
1: in hip with that team.
0: Yeah. All right, let's 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 talk about NC State at Wake. Luke, you get a chance to pick against Wake here if you want. Uh, we're looking at, it might be only a 10-point line. <sighs> what?
1: I guess the game is in Winston-Salem, the House of Horrors, for no one. That's right. NC State all day. No problem. Yeah. I I mean... Sometimes it's that easy, folks, to pick a game. Sometimes it's just that easy.
0: I'll take NC State, too. Ten points is a lot to cover when you're on the road in the ACC, but I I believe in the Wolfpack here. Give me NC
2: State. Oh, God. I want to take Wake so bad. Just Uh, do it. Just do it. You know, you know, ten points at home, I'll, I'll take it. In-state, in-state rival, give it to me. Give me, give me Wake. I love
1: it. Does Wake Forest have anything going for their program right now? Can you name uh, one thing, one person, one thing? I mean, Jalen Horde. Jalen Horde, Horde. I was going to say you,
2: Jalen, Jalen
0: Horde, Horde. Okay, that's who you hope.
1: If he develops, John? name a player yeah. who's developed in the Manning era.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I mean, look, I'm trying to give the best-case scenario here. Dylan okay. Hoard develops. Brandon Childress, you know, keeps it together for a senior season. Not, Brown develops. I'm out there know.
1: for Wake Forest fans. I'm trying to get them back to the Skip Prosser days. Yeah, I want to I be good. And I think they're going to have to start a GoFundMe to do so. I love you guys. I, I'm trying to look out for you. You need a better coach. Let's be honest.
0: I want it to be good again. I'm I'm looking for that Jeff Teague, Al Farouk Amino chemistry. I'm looking you for know, a that's, Tim Duncan that's, that's the years. That's in my heart.
1: Or passing the ball off the wall like their Paul. Next game, what do we have? Uh, I think they'll take for Tuesday. Or do you want to get us? I mean, we'll, we'll do something else for Duke, I guess. Maybe we'll do a. Yeah, we'll, Let's do a lunchtime Friday afternoon pod. Can we do that for Duke UVA? That'll be special. We'll, Although I think we're, that we're game def- is losing luster now after the Syracuse development.
0: I, I think it's still the most important game. Uh, so far, of this college basketball. What's well,
1: going to be a pick now, right? It has to be.
0: Yeah, I, 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 think it's the biggest game of the season so far, not just in the ACC but nationally.
1: Why you, you've got an undefeated team playing a two-loss team now? It's not I as mean, much. Of I, a, it's there's no luster anymore? Well, there's yeah. some luster, but it's lost some.
0: Well, we will be sure. We will be back to preview that, and we it will. will be, we'll do it'll that. It'll be fantastic.
1: Carve out some lunchtime on Friday. Can you do that? Get I've Mike to do it. Yeah, For you, we'll do a oh, twenty-minute 20 twenty-minute pod. You guys can do that, right? You can swing that. Yeah, I'm in. Yeah, Jaffe better do it too, because that'll be two misses in a row, like two losses in a row. Anyway, you can contact the podcast on Twitter. You can come at me on Twitter like everybody else wants to do, even though, I mean, I, I didn't really stir the pot, but I stirred it a little bit. You get so mad. It's fun talking basketball, though. I like doing that. Tweet at us, at the ACC Basketball Degenerates. ACC B-Ball hey. d is the handle. You can also email us if you're very cerebral and authentic and one of those um, types, that would be at ACCBballDGins at gmail.com. Any yeah, words? Yeah. That's your H- question. Hit H- Guthrie up. Hit Guthrie Send H- H- up. Send us
0: a note, like, and subscribe to our podcast, and like us on Facebook.
1: Yeah. Send Guthrie some uh, pictures of Hawaii or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, later.
2: Send me some dank memes. I'm always always down for that. Always.